I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a long, long journey to the capital city. It's a long, long wait while I'm sitting in committee. But I know I'll be a law someday. At least I hope and pray that I will. But today I am still just a bill. Hello there and welcome to What's the Story with USA 2020, a podcast from Ireland full of questions about the American presidential election. My name is Jeff Pagano. And I am still Kigo. And we've decided to have a chat once a week between now and Election Day, partly about how the American political system works and partly about all the craziness that's going on there these days. Have you been, Kigo? Not too bad. I am about to go off the grid, so I'm uh, barely dressed this morning. I am delighted to be leaving Wi-Fi into the uh, wilds of the countryside. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's, it's, it's good to be able to do that and just uh, switch off for a while. I wish, <laughs> I, wish, I wish I could. I've tried to do that several times. But I, the, the the phone just keeps calling me, and uh, just to keep looking back to see, just to see, is there any latest news? It's it's too it's too tempting. You need to throw probably throw the thing away altogether at some stage. <laughs> but um, anyway, listen, we'll crack on. Um, we we start our show with what we call my Jeff's Splainer, where I basically give my take, and and just to say this every week, it's just my take on a particular aspect of the uh, presidential election process. Uh, what, we, what, what I wanted to do this week was um, a topic called uh, voter suppression. Um, I think it's pretty relevant with a lot of things that have happened in, pre- in recent weeks. So uh, if you don't mind, I'll just crack on. Number six, what's the story with voter suppression? At the beginning of the 2014 award-winning film Selma, Oprah Winfrey plays the role of civil rights activist Annie Lee Cooper, who went through a prolonged battle with her county courthouse over her right to vote. Each time she went to register, they presented her with a whole new series of hoops to jump through in order to do so, denying her application every time. Whether or not you believe the historical accuracy of the film is up to you, but the fact remains that voter suppression in its numerous forms has existed all over the world for as long as the human race has been toying with democracy. Just this week, we lost a giant in Irish political history with the passing of John Hume. And he would have known all too well practices like gerrymandering and intimidation by soldiers, having experienced them firsthand in his hometown of Derry. The apartheid policy that endured in South Africa for so long is also very well known. And going back further still, we had the struggle to get women to vote at the beginning of the 20th century. When it comes to the United States, they also lost a longtime civil rights campaigner in recent times, namely John Lewis, who was a close friend of Martin Luther King Jr. and incidentally was portrayed in the film Selma by Stefan James. From a young age, he was actively involved in the campaign to restore voting rights for African-Americans, rights that had actually been granted after the Civil War, yet slowly over time got taken away again by several states individually, many of them in the South. The thing about those laws, some of which were known as Jim Crow, was that the legislation wasn't written specifically to exclude any particular group. It was just the manner in which the laws were enforced that meant some were denied their right to vote. And unfortunately, voter suppression laws are still being passed by several states today, mostly thanks to a ruling by the conservative majority of the U.S. Supreme Court in 2013. One example of this was in the state of Georgia in 2018. A Republican named Brian Kemp was running for governor against African-American Stacey Abrams. Usually you're forgiven for holding on to your old job just in case you don't win on polling day. But since Kemp's job at the time was Secretary of State for Georgia, or to put it another way, the guy who was in charge of running the actual election, He really should have stepped aside in that role, yet he didn't. And few can argue that policies of his like purging voter rolls and closing down polling stations were more of a help than a hindrance to his own campaign. And surprise, surprise, he eventually won. 
In American politics, as most people know, there are two main parties, the Democrats and the Republicans. For the most part, when covering certain issues, it's important to try to respect both sides to avoid painting a picture of good guys and bad guys. However, when it comes to the area of voting, it's very difficult to avoid this distinction. History has shown that the more people who are registered to vote, the better Democrats tend to do. So it makes sense that they would be the ones to look for ways to increase the electorate. And if you accept that 100% involvement is the ideal for any jurisdiction, then in this area, they really are the good guys. Republicans often counter by suggesting that their methods aren't always so honorable, alleging voter fraud exists in the form of forged ballots, registering illegal immigrants, and a host of other ways. But several studies have shown instances of this to be very rare. Nowadays, we have Donald Trump trying to make out that universal mail-in balloting brought in by many states on account of the coronavirus pandemic to avoid ridiculously long socially distant queuing on polling day is somehow guaranteed to be overrun by cheating. By some weird coincidence, these claims made by the sitting president seem to have only begun when it looked as though he was losing heavily in the polls to Joe Biden. And also in the last few days, he has amended his views when it was pointed out to him that it could be crucial to his own chances in key states like Florida and Arizona. Many are saying that he is using these accusations at best to explain why he loses in November, or at worst, as a reason to stay in the White House beyond Inauguration Day so he can fight his way through the courts. I suppose only time will tell. That's my favorite Jeff's planer of the six so far. Hmm. Tremendously enjoyed that one. Thank you, sir. Um, I, I had a couple of things to not add, but uh, jump on that with. Like, yep. We're not that far away from voter suppression here. We're only... 98.7 miles away from it you know uh, up north and even even you know women getting the vote like you said so again uh, as long as people understand we're not living in glass houses here uh, we're not we're not we're not 100 miles away from it um, and then in terms of how it works over there um, is the college uh, the electoral college that we spoke about I think it was episode one mm -hmm. it, that's a form of voter suppression because you're taking away a, uh, it's not one vote per person, it's one vote per county or one vote per, per state. Yeah. Obviously, the bigger state means that you're going to be avoiding the smaller states, which is suppressing their vote, make, making their vote less important. Yeah. So the, the, the whole thing is built on a, uh, a, an assumption that you're keeping out people who are not interested, when in reality, you're keeping out people. Yeah, well, I mean, to be, to, just to be devil's advocate on that, I mean, uh, there, there, there are... There's a myriad of problems with the Electoral College. There's no mm. question of that. Um, but the, the original thinking behind it is, um, is that if you look at it from the reverse way, you could say that um, to have one person, one vote could be voter suppression in some, some cases, because when you've got a massive population state like California, with, which, which is with, with like 50 million people in it and then you've got a tiny state like Wyoming, which has like five people, um, the, 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 their, their vote, they, they consider their vote worthless if, if they don't have so So, so the, the Electoral College was a way of waiting between the states just to give a little more uh, relevance to, to the smaller states because it's a federal system. There's supposed mm. to be 50 equal states. That's why every state gets two senators and that kind of thing. There's all little things in the Constitution to try to make the states feel like they're equal, even if they're different populations. So um, it's not... It is suppression, and that system has been used to make it undemocratic. But I'm just—I just want to make the point that the original thinking behind it was to be uh, to, was to be more fair to all the states. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And like, you know, original thinking is great as a starting point. We need to be able to evolve uh, like human beings have over the years. You know, I just think I can only imagine living in Wyoming or wherever, one of these places where, you know, you, you, I understand that you, your state gets a certain vote, but if, if, if I don't go and vote living in that small state, my voice isn't heard, mm-hmm. you know, but again, with the massive population, you have to, you have to figure out a way around that. But that, that was just something that jumped out to me. And then, and then the other thing in your, your history paragraph where you're, uh, when you're talking about uh, history has shown more people who are registered to vote, the better the Democrats tend to do. 100% correct. They, the Republicans counter by suggesting uh, voter fraud exists and forged ballots and registering illegal immigrants and registering Mickey Mouse a few years ago. Um, all of these things are correct. The problem is it doesn't, you know, if you, if someone, if Trump says it in a debate with Biden, for example, right, Biden needs to be able to say in the last 10 presidential elections, here is the number, not the percentage, but a number, because when you're talking percentage, it could be percentage of anything and people don't have any context behind it. If you say over 10 years, we've had this many hundreds of thousands of millions of people voting, and we've had 18,000 spoiled votes or whatever that number is, everyone then walks away from that with, this guy has given me a number that I understand uh, and, and the other guy is trying to use it as a, this is why I was talking about the kind of the, the real suppression and the kind of what was me um, suppression, which you know Trump is obviously talking about now with the mail-in voting that you said, he changed his mind because all of a sudden he realizes old people are going to post their vote in from Florida. So that's, the whole podcast in a nutshell is in Donald Trump in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he initially thought, okay, I'm going to suppress people uh, from voting and I, I, all my people will show up. There's no problem. But then he realized that a lot of the people over 70, over 60 aren't going to leave the house. So when you flip flop like that, it's such an obvious um, way of suppressing people's vote and taking away people's voices that it should be a, a part of every single news bulletin uh, from the moment that flip-flop happened when he realized it was going to cost him. It's just so, so scummy. Oh, absolutely. No, I mean, the the, the evolution of, of Trump's arguments, I mean, I have to assume that when he first, he probably first floated this in a meeting at some stage, and his aide said, no way, but that's, he's he is who he is. It's the CEO mentality. I know better than everyone else. He went ahead and did it anyway, mail and bound. So he's always had to amend it, and you wouldn't put it past him just going all the way. I mean, the, the logical progression has been mail-in balloting is bad. He just said it was all bad. Then someone said, oh, Mr. President, but you do it too. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> the absentee balloting is okay. That's what I do. But the universal, that's bad. Uh, Mr. President, um, in Florida, they do that, and that would actually hurt your vote. Okay, well, actually, in Florida, it's okay. Mr. President, Arizona, uh, do it too. Okay, well, except in Florida, it's like a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> yeah, it's only, it's only a flesh wound. Yeah, and it, eventually it gets to a stage where but, but he might as well just come out and say all the Republican votes will be legal and all the Democrats yeah. votes are illegal. I mean, that's where it's going. That's obvious where he's going. He doesn't, he never tries to be subtle. Um, like a lot of politicians, they make the same exact same allegation, but they know how to do it with a bit of polish, with a bit of mm-hmm, subtlety. Mm-hmm. There's no subtlety with this guy, and it's very obvious what he's doing, and it's easy to point out. Um, but um, no, you're right. It's 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 a lot of people say, well, of course the Democrats want everyone to vote because it helps them. Yeah, but doesn't that mean that shouldn't it, shouldn't what the Republicans trying to do is ask themselves, well, maybe what is it about their policies that everyone likes? And maybe yeah. we should be doing a bit of that as well. I mean, what's why do you have to stop people from voting um, to um, 
to you know to to to, to increase your performance. I mean, what is it about that? And this, I don't actually think this is something that the Democrats push enough. Hundred percent. As soon as this starts happening, there should have been a. Joe Biden, peace to camera. Here are the numbers. Here are the stats. I await your rebuttal, Mr. President. Mm. And that would be it. You yeah. know what I mean? But they, they like, the, I think part of the problem is, you know, we're, we're kind of at the stage where we're picking the nicest guy in prison here. He's still in prison. They're both very similar in terms of business practice. And, you know, the, the donor money is so scummy on one side. And then you've got the other guy on the other side and all this sort of stuff. It's very difficult. Um, I think the reason... I don't think they're not thinking about it on Biden's team. Uh, I think they just are trying to phrase it the right way because they know that there is this this closet back here full of skeletons that can just be picked out at any time. So you're almost kind of going, you know, like Eminem used to do in a rap battle, start slagging yourself first and do that seven years ahead of your run for president. Mm -hmm. And then by the time you're sitting there at the podium, there's almost nothing for him to say. But th this suppression thing, it's so rotten. Um, you know, the like you're saying it should be everyone there should be 100 percent turnout and you should have yes you should have candidate one candidate two or however many and then you should also have none of the above as well but you should physically go uh, or whether it's post or whether it's wherever you should physically go and and register your thought on the world as it is at that moment and then if none of the above starts beating the candidates that's when change starts creeping in but that's a, a separate conversation for a separate mm. day but it's just something that's always been on my mind because there's there, there aren't a lot of over here there's there aren't a lot of politicians who i would believe in there are a few and i would vote for them but if there's a case where none of them are there and there was none of the above down the bottom that would win a lot of the local elections and then our thinking our way of moving would change and it would get more people out to the polls obviously it's different here it's easier to get to a poll it's easier to get a voting card and all this sort of stuff we're not you know we're there's not a massive amount of once we get, you know, once we got equal rights for women in terms of all that sort of stuff, there's not a lot of um, suppression here, but everyone should be going to a vote. Everyone should be going uh, to register their opinion of the world at that moment. And everyone's opinion is equally the same, wherever you, whatever state you're in, wherever you're from. And then it's up to the people in charge to, to figure out their thinking around what, what their report card is from the people. Um, and as soon as Trump starts flip-flopping on these things again, it should be just, as we said, it should be Joe Biden, peace to camera, just him, no special effects. Here's the story. If he needs to create a really cheap looking PowerPoint presentation that he sends to people, whatever, but he needs to put this information out. The reason he isn't is not because he doesn't believe it or doesn't know. It's because they're worried that there's skeletons back here somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and that's not what politics should be about. No, exactly, and there, yeah, oh, there's definitely that with Biden, and probably another thing he's worried about as well is he's always looking over his shoulder at the uh, progressive flank, and and the, like for example, uh, during the uh, campaign, during the debates before the nomination for the Democrats, um, uh, Bernie Sanders tried to get the voter voting laws uh, brought into the debate. He actually brought it up in a debate, which wasn't brought up by the moderators. And uh, he's talking about, for example, prisoners voting. Mm -hmm. And, um, Bern, you know, Bernie, Bernie was, was flat out asked, do you think all prisoners should vote? And he actually said yes. And of course, that made, that gave the Republicans this talking point of, oh, he wants terrorists to vote. Oh, he wants murderers to vote. And <laughs> What Bernie's Bernie's point was that if you if you exclude all prisoners from voting, that means uh, you've got 
you've got things like the crime bill from 1994, which increased the amount of people being put in prison for little things, mm. which, which is ironically was a vote, uh, which was a bill brought forward by Joe Biden. And, uh, and so you could, so you could have voter suppression that way as well. But it was an interesting way of, uh, you, it, it, it was handing a, a talking point to the Republicans saying that, uh, oh, he wants prisoners as well. That's a, it's an interesting debate. We, know, we need to know where to draw the line when it comes exactly. to voting. But uh, it, if you, if, it, it gives them, so he's probably holding back because he knows the attacks that are come at him if he dips his toe in, in too far in the, in the wrong direction of everybody voting. So he's, he's, he's got to be cagey in that respect, but sure. Uh, we'll but that, that, that's where the party could be used then. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they can use uh, AOC, they can use a lot of these people to make public statements on on it uh even if he wants to try and keep him himself as clean as possible which is okay you shouldn't be thinking that way when you're running for anything but if that's what he wants to do then there's a massive party there that he can use to to get that message out um because like, there's a lot of ways like you said there's a lot of ways to suppress people whether it's gender whether it's race whether it's just making it more difficult to get a card like you think about it this way right you're you're living in dublin you have your card now, there'll be people in, there are even people in California, 55 million people who won't get sent a card. And that's based on whether it's their, where they live, what they look like, all this sort of stuff. And that's, that's just not right at, at, any, at any level. But the reason that you got the card is, um, is that you're a, you're a bright, educated human being who will show up and vote. Whereas, you know, the people who won't get the card, maybe they are of a certain race, maybe they're working four jobs for below minimum wage, they don't have time to go to a polling station, so they would post in their vote, for example, mm -hmm. if, they were, if they were that way inclined. But again, you gotta understand, we've gotta understand as well, a lot of people, the, 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 the lack of infrastructure for certain sections of the community is also voter suppression. You know, if you're if you're working three jobs for half of what somebody else is working, number one, you don't have time. Number two, you hate the system and you don't see that it's going to change because you're generations into it. So it's it's there's there's the that's the the real life voter suppression, and then there's the malicious. Uh, it's also malicious there as well. But there's also the malicious. I'm moving the polling station sixty miles into another state yep. type of suppression. Yeah, uh, and so all of this needs to be needs to be fixed because it's it's 2020. Like we should be past this. Definitely, yeah. And uh, actually, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to share a clip of um, Barack Obama's speech at John Lewis's uh, uh, funeral, where he talks about all this and he talks about what John Lewis campaigned for and all those exact things that they, they want to bring in the Voting Rights Act. So uh, that's that's hopefully hopefully there'll be more emphasis on that coming down the line. Mm. Okay, well that's. That's voter suppression. Um, let's talk about what's happened uh, in the past week or so. It's usually there's 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 loads within within the day, whatever. Um, I just thought I might. We were talking about Joe Biden there and what he needs to say and what he shouldn't say. Uh, he had a bit of a slip up yesterday. He made a comment that uh, that Trump seized on, and I think it's more important as opposed to saying what he actually said and giving the context. Um, I'd rather share just basically what uh, Trump was able to share himself and uh, the, the, the quote that he took to attack him with. And according, according to Trump, this is what he said, uh, Biden said, is that unlike the African-American community, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. That's what he shared in this tweet. And then he just went, wow, Joe Biden just lost the entire African-American community. He claims that he did. So I don't know what, what you think of that or what, what, what you think of 
that situation. It's just so odd. Okay, we've been saying it since second one of this series that he's got a, Biden has to be watched, um, has to be kept uh, kept as quiet as possible. I think um, the fact that anyone gives. And again, I hate I hate kind of throwing a stone when we're trying. I'm trying to remain relatively in the middle because I've no no baby in the race, dog in the race. But the fact that the fella has any credibility at all, Donald Trump, um, is is just beyond. He sh- he could type. He should be able to type any tweet he wants, and everyone should be able to see it as satire. Should be able to see it as that this is a baby who is going crazy. Um, and the fact that there are people retweeting that, believing that, is a worry. Uh, and I think I think a lack of education is also voter suppression as well. But like, you know, the, much like the last polit- um, presidential race, it shouldn't be a race. There should be it should be no competition. Now we can I think we're going to do a Hillary special at some point as well. But I think this should not be a competition. When you look at even if you just look at his Twitter, forget about what he said in real life in front of cameras or to people like just go on Twitter. It should be over now. And Biden should be better stage managed. He shouldn't he shouldn't have to. Once you're explaining yourself, you're losing. That's why Donald Trump is so good. Soundbite. It's mad, but there's no ambiguity there. You know what I mean? There's there's no mistaking what he means because it's so simple. And uh, and Biden needs to needs to get that game down pat because he can't. I know he's still ahead and all that sort of stuff, but that can change so quick. We're we're one Joe Biden sex tape away from the whole thing falling off. Oh God! Pardon, apologies for the mental image so early in the day. Gene whack, that hurts my own head. Sorry, I'm going to take my contact. I might have to I might have to bleep that out. <laughs> Uh, but we're like we're not that far away from him yeah. falling off a cliff here, um, yeah. you know. And, and he's got to be kept on a tight leash. There's no explanation. Trump should not be able to, even though it's not. There's you, you purposely take context out of things to suit what you want to suit. That's everyone. Every single politician does that. But you've got to not give him the ammunition. Yeah, and you 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 brought me nicely into another another thing that's happened in the past week because I mean one of the things that. Um, like you say, Biden needs to be managed in what interviews he do. But then, of course, the thing is, the more he stays silent, being silent is a thing in itself. And that's, that gives Trump another reason to attack him. Why isn't he doing interviews? Mm. And I think part of the reason why um, Donald Trump did this interview with a website called Axios um, last week is because of this Biden factor. He's like, because he did an interview with a guy called Jonathan Swan. This guy is a very direct style of interviewing he will he'll challenge your answers if he if he thinks you're giving him uh, bullshit back to him he'll he'll challenge you he won't accept he you know he, he'll insist on getting an answer to the question that he's asked which for me is the minimum for any political interview but so many of them just just sit back it's not even fox news i've seen, seen cnn and all the interview republicans they just let them give their spin and they don't challenge them back but even when they haven't answered the question they're asked but this guy swan he he asked them direct questions He's asked, like he asked uh, Trump about the, um, the, the death toll of the coronavirus and Trump basically came back and said, well, it is what it is because he wanted to get past that and get over to what he wanted to talk mm. about. He had all these charts, pieces of paper, these charts, which his A's gave him that, that twisted the figures to make America look better than it is. And he was showing them all these charts and Swan looked at them and just said, this isn't, this is nothing, this, this is meaningless. And uh, there was all these kind of things. But behind all of that, 
there was the fact that he did the interview in the first place. We knew what this guy's style was like. He did the interview and he's just, he's even got that against him. So now he's like, okay, well, I've done it. Joe, why don't you do it? Because you know, Swan will be just as tough on Biden. And there's the possibility of Biden giving as many sound bites. So he's kind of putting it back to him to say, okay, now let's see you do it. Um, so there, there, there was the two aspects of that. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. And I, just the last thing on that for me is I, when I, I, now that you're talking about it, I did see it and I thought it was a Saturday Night Live clip. That was the one I saw. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought it was a joke. I thought it yep. was some sort of computer trickery. I've since, since your recommendation, I've followed them, but I think the worry is if they start doing this on a, on a big scale, they're going to lose access to these guys, even though they really need to understand they're, they're spreading the message. They're the ones who can control what's going on, but they're, everyone is so scared of everything. Mm. Absolutely. It's uh, no, it, it, uh, it was, it was compared to a, a, a show called Veep. Um, the, the one that was in Seinfeld, Seinfeld uh, by the yeah. vice president. And, uh, and she actually tweeted back. She said, he's like, you know, Oh, I wish we could come up with something as funny as that uh, in our show, uh, because it really, no, it, it actually does look like satire. And, uh, but it's, uh, and unfortunately, unfortunately it was real. It was a real car crash. Um, yeah. The, the last thing I want uh, to talk about is something that came up yesterday. Um, the, uh, the attorney general in New York has brought a lawsuit against the NRA. Now the NRA uh, has shown, obviously that's the gun lobby uh, group in America. And uh, they have shown to be big uh, supporters of Trump. Um, they, but they don't just follow Trump. They, they support not only Republican candidates, they've got Democrats in their pocket as well, uh, all throughout Congress. Um, but the, 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 the point for this lawsuit is, is that the NRA is registered as a charity organization in the state of New York, which means that they have to account for their, 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 their money coming in, their money going out. And basically this attorney general is claiming that she's named four individuals uh, in the organization, basically saying that they're using the money for their own purposes. They're, you know, they're going on these uh, expensive trips, uh, yachts and buying stuff and all this, buying houses, all this kind of stuff. And the, it's obvious that the timing of this, she could have brought this lawsuit at any time. But just like less than 90 days before the election, obviously, it's to put himself front and center. And I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing. I mean, it's all parts. Nothing the Republicans wouldn't do. Um, but it's just put, put himself out there. The only danger I have is that uh, Trump, you, you were talking to yourself about the things that Trump says in his tweets, the things his supporters believe. He's going to come out. And as soon as I saw this announcement of the lawsuit, I said, well, Trump's going to come out and say, they're coming for your guns. <laughs> and within an hour, he said it in a tweet himself. So um, it'll be interesting to see that that's going to be a big uh, aspect that 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 announcement is going to be a big player in this campaign, I think. Yeah, 100%. It's a bit like I'm, I, recently I was watching the Scientology documentary where they're talking about the legal struggles to get uh, designated as a religion so they don't pay tax. Like, you know, when you when you have that much power that the NRA does uh, and so much ability to influence people, you're not you're not a charity. You know what I mean? It, it is not what you do. You're doing it for nefarious reasons. And it kind of takes uh, takes a big you-know-what on real charities, which is, which is a massive issue. But look, at the end of the day, there's, the, there's an amendment number two that's not going to get touched ever by anyone. Uh, it's just a matter of what you feel fits into that number two, whether it's a handgun or a bazooka. And maybe if it's the latter, that's a separate issue that we need to talk about another day. But I, I think I, I, I think the fact that it's brought up now, okay, it's it's dirty politics. It's the it's not what it should be about, but it is. That's where we're at, you know. 
Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, I mean, that Second Amendment, I mean, it's all about the, the, the right, as Robin Williams once said, it's about the right to bear arms or the right to arm bears, whatever it is you want to do, you know? So, uh, no, definitely. Can I just say one, one, yeah. one last thing on that? I want everyone to Google the definition of amendment. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the key, right? That's the homework. homework for next week. Yeah. Now, does amendment mean it's in stone, you can never change it, or does it mean it, it, it has been changed and can be changed. Yeah, no, no, no. It can be changed. It's it's, it's just such a, a process to uh, to get it changed. Um, the idea of an amendment. America just started with thirteen states, thirteen colonies mm -hmm. at the start. So they, they had these procedures put in to um, amend it. You had to get so many percentage of the states. You had to get so many all these things. Mm -hmm. And that was that was one thing when it was thirteen. But now there's fifty states. Yeah, it's it's a lot harder to to to, to get consensus to put in an amendment. So it's a big it's a big deal. Um, but the other thing about it is is that uh, because the founding fathers as they keep talking about the people who originally wrote the constitution was like literally in a completely different century different time zone to everything it was a total whole different world back then it's all down to interpretation now yeah i mean the second amendment was made was meant uh, they, they just gotten rid of the brits um, there was every possibility that they were going to come back and come try back, to reclaim yeah. so it's like listen if you want to have a gun beside your door in case the brits come a knocking then that's fine. We're going to let you do it. Um, that's that was the original purpose of it, but that's been twisted and warped, and yeah. ever since to, to benefit the gun industry, and they've gone to such extremes now the other way. And just one thing about this charity for the NRA: when the NRA was originally founded, the actual organization itself, it was it was entitled to be a charity. It, it, it's just been it's been um, usurped by the uh, the gun industry and slowly slowly taken over over the years and twisted into literally a lobby group. They give politicians uh, ratings and they publish their ratings. You're supposed to be proud. Like mm. some some politicians say, I'm a I'm an A rating NRA. They use that <laughs> in their in their voting to advertise for to get elected. I'm an A rating from the NRA. That's a good thing. You know what I mean? That's some, and at one stage, Bernie Sanders had a C rating. He had to, he had to give a few speeches to get knocked back down to an F. So um, he, he didn't even know. How, like, he, how did he get a C? I don't Gee, know. Right? He, he probably, they probably found some way that some vote that he voted on, some a bill that he voted on that had most of what he wanted, but there was a little gun gun law stuck in there as well. So that probably got him um, promoted. But it's it's crazy. <laughs> it's a crazy situation. But. Um, We'll see how that goes. That's just literally happened uh, the, the the day before we recorded. So we'll, we've got we've got a good few episodes left down the line, and uh, we'll see we'll see how that goes progresses as we go on. Now listen, yeah, you're saying you maybe want to talk about Hillary Clinton next week. I've no problems with that. Yeah, I think you and I we uh, will will happily disagree with each other on some points yep. and agree on others. I yep. think. Um, yeah, I'd be happy to do a Hillary special because she is a special lady. Definitely, definitely. I mean, her. <laughs> there's no question her shadow cast. And the thing is, is that I, I mean, I wouldn't even be defending her. I mean, mm. I, I, I'm not a fan myself. I think it's just the the, the degree of um, her influence on this campaign and maybe previous campaigns um, is 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 what we can talk about. But no, definitely we'll do that. We'll do yep. that next week. Um, well, listen, we'll we'll wrap it up there. Listen, enjoy your enjoy your trip out of the Wi-Fi zone, and um, and uh, you know when you when hopefully not too much has happened when you when you plug back. Back in, but I can pretty much assure that the, the, the world of we've done another few more turns, uh, <laughs> twists 
and turns in this campaign because uh, there's there's lots still to come and we're not far away from the conventions either uh, mm. the conventions are coming up in a couple of weeks so and the vp pick as well i thought the vp pick would be picked by today but it seems to be between kamala harris and susan rice now so we'll see it'll be interesting to see where he lands on that so listen um anything else you want to say before we go no, absolutely. Everybody stay safe. I'm going off the grid like my hero, Jesse Ventura. Uh, hope everything remains uh, sane, happy and well for all the real people. Um, and then you and I will talk about the unreal people again next week. And who knows, by the time you come back, maybe Jesse Ventura will join Kanye West on the ticket as well. So, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Listen, man, thanks a million. We'll talk to you again. And like I said, I'm going to leave you all with a clip of uh, Barack Obama talking about voter rights at John Lewis's eulogy. So until then, it's goodbye from Kigo. Cheers. And goodbye from us. Stay safe, everyone. Son. The Voting Rights Act is one of the crowning achievements of our democracy. If politicians want to honor John, let's honor him by revitalizing the law that he was willing to die for. <laughs> Naming it the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, that is a fine tribute. But John wouldn't want us to stop there. Once we pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, we should keep marching to make it even better <laughs> by making sure every American is automatically registered to vote including former inmates who've earned their second chance. By adding polling places and expanding early voting and making Election Day a national holiday. So if you are somebody who's working in a factory or you're a single mom who's got to go to her job and doesn't get time off, you can still cast your ballot. <laughs>